You are listening to MAGA Weekly with Brendan Dilly, California, and Magical Trevor. All right, come on in, everybody. Welcome to another edition of MAGA Weekly. This one should be uh, very lit, considering that the uh, the Dilly meme team is currently enjoying a meme that is going to the moon right now. Uh, I'm going to have to ask the meme team where it's at. I believe it's somewhere around three, four, five million views so far today. And a network television appearance over in the UK. So it should be a pretty good, should be a pretty good episode of MAGA Weekly. We're going to discuss some of what's going on. Uh, let me send invitations to co-hosts, to my wonderful co-hosts, uh, Magical Trevor and California, who I see are popped in now. All right, for everybody listening to this broadcast right now, I would really appreciate if you retweeted it, shared it out onto your timeline so that we could uh, get a maximum number of people in on it. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. We always do, but tonight in particular is going to be, should be pretty lit. We're, we're What's having, up, everybody? There he is. Miguel Fornia is here. And Trev, go ahead and give me a mic check, bud. Hello. All right. Hey, boys. So, uh, we're back on MAGA Weekly, and boy, is it a special day. I just want to take a moment, and I know obviously these two guys are representing the meme team, uh, but we want to say a special congratulations to Lauren Eve, Bad Karma, and MAGA Devil Dog, who have a meme going to the moon right now. Uh, Trev, Mike, you guys want to comment on this thing? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. I just want to say congrats, compadres. And I, I love you guys. And um, the every every week when we meet here, Brendan, it's like, oh, we had a good week. Yeah, what's going on? It just keeps getting better and better. And we haven't really even – we're still in appetizer mode, right? And so uh, today was just a glimpse of what's coming. And so I wanted to be encouraging to everybody as well that uh, MAGA is rising and uh, great things are happening. And God bless you guys. I'm so happy you guys – Absolutely. Trev, what do you got to say about your uh, your fellow memers and what they managed to create and where it's going right now? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I just saw that uh, apparently the big crybaby Rick Wilson, Captain Cooler himself, has tweeted it out. So that ought to pick up uh, a, a lot of uh, melting faces, which is which is fantastic. So, yeah, definitely congrats to those guys. Yeah, it's been it's been a very wild uh, afternoon. Uh, for those who aren't aware, uh, Lauren, Bad Karma, and Devil Dog put out a meme about it's titled uh, "If I Was the Deep State." And at the time of this broadcast, Carrie Lake had shared it, Megan Kelly had shared it, Tom Fitton had shared it, Jack Posobiec had shared it, Rick Wilson had shared it, Frank Luntz had shared it. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of other ones, but this thing was literally going around the entire political sphere. It went it went so far around the political sphere that this evening, Pastor Mark Burns was asked to come on to Piers Morgan's broadcast and debate Frank Luntz about our meme. And, uh, and that happened uh, about an hour ago. So now even Frank Luntz, whose career is completely washed, is actually trending on Twitter uh, thanks to these memers reviving uh, reviving it by him being so completely offended. He was, he was beyond bewildered. He used all of his wilderness in one, in one sitting. I think he was so bewildered on that, that debate with pastor Mark Burns. He couldn't believe 
that this is what's passing as political uh, advertising to which, you know, Pastor Mark Burns was trying to explain to him this was created uh, according to the the graphic on the screen by the uh, Trump's online war machine, which, as you all know, is the Dilly meme team. So really funny stuff. Uh, I guess it's just a, t- a sign of the times. And if if that wasn't enough of a victory and I want to bring Mike in here because I know this is near and dear to your heart, as if that weren't enough. On the same day that the left becomes aware of the Dilly meme team and Trump's online war machine. DeSantis has to shit can a third of his staff and they are super pissed on their way out the door. Mike, you've been covering this like really closely. Uh, any, what can you, you give us insights into what you've read today? Uh, it's been, well, before I do that, dude, we just got our first write up on the meme where Dilly meme team is mentioned. So Wait, what? I'm posting it right now. Raw story. Most alarming political ad. Pro oh, you Trump saw it. Ac- pro- Trump activists. I'm going to post it right now. Excellent. So, yeah, what's going on? Well, again, Trump sucks up all the oxygen in the room, bro. And uh, the the DeSantis team's an afterthought, right? And it's a beautiful thing today. They're getting killed on every level, and it's beautiful. So, um, I just... Some of the headlines, though, Mike, you were breaking me off some of the headlines today. I mean... Mainstream media, pretty much everybody is pretty much shoveling dirt on this guy's campaign, uh, and then they're mocking the shit out of him well, as probably the most inept campaign in the history of politics. Well, that that's why I just used that Brett Bear and and put a little rap tune to it. It's like, um, yeah, it, he goes, he goes, he finally agreed to do an interview with me. Brett Bear said, and they're like, oh, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, it's Monday. He goes, but. Who knows if he'll still be here? It's like, wait, what? What did he just fucking say? So that's pretty awesome, dude. So, <laughs> you know what? That's funny you mentioned that, Mike, because he's coming on the Dilly Show next Friday if he still has a campaign. So that, nice. I also reached out. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Trev, oh my God. Trev, I know you've had a busy, <laughs> busy day, but uh, so is Team Meatball, who's getting absolutely bodied right now. Um, and it's funny to watch people essentially trying to figure out what what is going on. How could the, a man with this much money have screwed up so epically? And one of the stories that I got a kick out of, and I wanted to get your opinion on it, you know, that people are pouring through his his filings, and we find out that he has spent one fifth of all of the donor money on private jets and travel because he and Casey refused to fly commercial. Trav, I mean, give me your feedback, dude. You're a Floridian. Tell tell me where this is hitting you today. I mean, this guy's like the Jed Clampett of political uh, people, like political candidates and shit. I mean, just it blows my mind. And yeah, I mean, uh, full disclosure, started a new gig this week. So I'm like behind a little bit on the news this week. But it's pretty cool. All I got to do is put up in a corner window like Miguelifornia's Twitter feed and I'm instantly up to date on like everything meatball it's fantastic so thanks Mike hey, for keeping me hey, updated hey Brandon I gotta read this dude most okay, alarming political ad pro-Trump activists released disturbing this is on Raw Story conservative pollster Frank Lutz on Tuesday shared a disturbing digital campaign spot to Twitter's rebranded X that alleges a vast conspiracy 
orchestrated by the deep state to hoodwink the American people. The 110 second video, which concludes by crediting the Dilly meme team and former President Trump's online war machine, contains sinister male voice narration, declaring that most significant events and major domestic issues in recent memory were lies. Good God. I got it. Congratulations. Cheers, mother effort. Yeah, there's enough pearls in the world for them to clutch. Congratulations, you guys. We are officially Michael Myers to the left. We are Jason Voorhees. We are uh, Freddy Krueger all rolled into one. (laughs) Dude, they quoted all of the voiceover in the meme. I know. They quoted the entire voiceover. It's so amazing. They they were making comparisons. They thought it was made by ISIS. That was according to one few person oh commenting. This looks like an Al Qaeda video. It's all Lauren Lauren Eve and Kim Jong Un. It's like no, it's a stay at home mom who really loves America. <laughs> it's like, dude, his people are fucking unhinged, bro. But I mean, and that's obviously. Uh, you know, I guess that's what happens when you have a video do like five million plays in less than, you know, six hours. I, I suppose this is I mean, we're still not even to the West Coasters yet. Right. It's still 430 over there. Wait till they get home and get a load of this shit. But what a wild time it's been. And honestly, we've been calling our shot for a while now. Um, this has been a skill set and a team that's, you know, refined itself for years. And we started calling our shots seven months ago and we warned everybody exactly what's going to happen because, you know, none of these people know or understand how to communicate with Americans. And we we are just normal Americans. We have fun and this is what we do. And so we warned Team DeSantis that was first in the crosshairs. And this guy, I mean, you guys, you got to understand, this was a governor who was on track to be one of the most popular political figures for at least the next decade or more. And his career is now actually swirling the toilet. Um, and... Obviously, Donald J. Trump is going to get the majority lion's share credit, and deservedly so, for ending this fucker. But there's going to be a footnote in there. They're like, yeah, there was also this group of people that kept making memes about him being a fucking meatball. And uh, it didn't help because that's where people are associating him with now. And, and not only that, and this is the part that's so wacky. Think about 2016 and, and Trev, Mike, I know you guys, we've all been in the game a long time as far as just fighting for the country, arguing, shit posting, do what we got to do. What's incredible is when you take what we have done as far as counter operations, psyops, counter narrative, uh, you know, control, and you, we took what they were doing and we do it better than they do. And I'm talking about the people who like actually devised this entire shit and came up with it. And we're using their own methodologies against them. And we can do it faster because there's more of us. And this is something, you know, for those of us who are dorks of the internet and go back to 4chan and 8chan and all the different random forms through the years, something we kind of learned early on was the power of the internet when you understood culture of the internet and you could tap into it, you could do some really remarkable things. And that's something that we have essentially, you know, we all have a very firm grasp of internet culture And then you combine that with a group of people that are very passionate about America, but also have the skill set necessary to take images and ideas and arguments and put them into video or music format. And it's really, really effective. So we're ahead of them on everything all the time. And we saw this six months ago during Joe Biden's uh, State of the Union address. 
uh, we we destroyed that entire thing so badly that they actually stopped talking about it less than 12 hours after the speech because every time somebody would search for it on Twitter, it would pull up our videos correcting the narrative. And we did this again later on with other things, specifically Donald Trump going on to CNN. So here we are, and we you, you run into this thing, and they go, okay, it's uh, these are just stupid memes. These are stupid songs. No one's going to watch these. These don't work. Well, clearly they're wrong. Clearly, someone's watching them, sharing them, sending them out, and it's having an impact. And, and, and Mike, I'll bring you on here. You've known now for at least 30 days, you've known minimum 30 days that Team DeSantis fucking hates you by name, right? Because you make all kinds of funny music songs and, and you do incredible memes about him. Yeah. And do you, does it go through your mind? You're like, okay, what am I going to put on here that I know that I know Casey and Ron are going to watch? Yeah, today I, I took the rap beat and when it went bam, 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 like with the sample hits, I got closer and closer on her eyebrows. So I put specific stuff in that. It, it's mean. <laughs> That's sinister as fuck. <laughs> All right. And Trev, obviously, obviously with what we've been doing and you, you know, you got the receipts galore. That's part of what, why we call you Magical Trevor. It's not just what you can do from a, a graphic standpoint or voiceover or any of that fun stuff or programming, but it's also, you know, you're, as soon as you have a question, you're at the computer and you're finding out the answer and you're fact checking in real time. And I know you were in this fight in 2016. You've been along through the whole ride. How are you feeling right now as far as the, and when I say the collective, I'm not even talking about our meme team, but the collective of MAGA and the ability to correct fact check and correct the record in real time and be persuasive and effective at it. How are you feeling right now when you look at that? Because I know you're a very, very smart guy. What do you, what do you think right now as, as far as the internet's maturation that way? It's been eight long years. Uh, no, um, yeah, I mean, we've come a long way. I mean, like 2015, 2016 was practice for this, uh, bottom line. Um, you know, I mean, I, I got into it the tail end of 2016 and then, I know others have been in a lot longer than I have been, uh, you know, like uh, even on our own team, like Will of Ockham and, and, uh, um, and Soul and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, it's just been leveling up, leveling up, leveling up, um, you know, and, and learning different areas and, you know, so this, you know, whole new crop of memers that have kind of come in, you know, circa, two, you know, 2018, 2019 are, you know, picking up the slack and, you know, and really pushing the, you know, the envelope forward. It's, it's, it's fascinating to watch it. Uh, the energy is higher than I remember it being in 2016. Um, I mean, people are pissed. They're tired. They, you know, they have the, the benefit of now, uh, you know, eight years of facts being thrown in their face and the ability to grab receipts and stuff like that from, you know, people that have archived all this stuff. It's it's really fascinating to watch just how fast we can just in real time debunk, 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 debunk. And we're effective at doing it now in a way that we weren't eight years ago. Well, you know what else is interesting? That's a great point, Trev. Thank you, Mike, as well. But I got to give credit where credit is due. You know, dank memes have always existed. I've been a, a fucking internet nerd for a really long time as far as cultural things that are happening and funny things and a lot of the stuff that's happened over the internet on the last in the last 25 years 
I've either been in the chat room or in the forum that, that, you know, kind of produced it. And that's the truth. But the, what's really changed, I believe in 2023 is the end user has caught up completely. See, it's always been, there's always been a group of shit posters that made stuff and content that really fucking resonated among their circles. We've always made dank stuff that was funny and people, you know, we, we enjoyed it, right? The meme team or the meme crews or the, even just the internet forums enjoyed certain content. I believe what we're actually witnessing is, is it's peak production from a content creation standpoint, but the end user now understands the culture as good as the creators. And when you're the end user understanding the culture, like this is why the dorks like Frank Luntz, you know, he fucking pissed his pants when he saw the video today. And every other person that watched it that wasn't an unhinged weirdo watched it and went, that was awesome. Even the rational Democrats that went, you know, I'm not really a Trump supporter, but that was really good. Uh, You know, I saw a bunch of those people. I saw people that were like, I wasn't going to vote Trump again, but I, you know, this video has changed my mind. I think it's the end user. I think that the culture on the internet has matured and grown to where our number one, our senses of humor make sense to them now. Whereas before it was crass and was like, Oh, I, I don't know what this is. Now they're like, this is, they understand that a lot of what we do is very much, um, you know, self deprecating. We're kind of having fun with ourselves. We're not taking ourselves that seriously, but we're also making it fun for them. And the truth is, is most of the internet isn't fun anymore. It's a bunch of, Ump- uppity cunts that can't handle humor that haven't laughed or had an orgasm in fucking years and so all of a sudden there comes this merry group of lunatics that are making succinct legitimate points about politics while simultaneously making you laugh your ass off and all of a sudden you're like okay this is a different experience that i've had in a long time it's not self-important it's not self-congratulatory it's just fun and fun works dude like people i think people are, are as sick of left versus right as they are of just basically having these really really overly uh in-depth sort of drawn out boring fucking angry discussions i, I mean honestly I, I think we're all human beings in here we're all like we're all people there's a point when you're like all right, you know what? Like, yeah, I, I, I have my position and you have yours, but this conversation is so fucking exhausting. I don't even, I don't want to even disagree with you about it. And I don't want to agree with you about it. I just don't even want to have it anymore. And the other person's like, yeah, I agree. Well, guess what unifies people? Fucking jokes, man. Having fun and making people all laugh at shit that they find commonality in, it works. And now when you wrap that with, you know, you wrap jokes and humor in with really hard-hitting um, points and political truths, all of a sudden you start to crack through that brainwashing veneer courtesy of, of uh, you know, a lot of the mainstream media and a lot of these talking heads. And so I think that's part of it. And Mike, I, I brought that up because I wanted to go to you, dude. You are a musician. You've been an incredible musician. You've been around music your whole life. And you understand the power as, as good as anybody of good music and, and a good message behind that music. I mean, you don't obviously you've been having a lot of fun at, at Team DeSantis's expense because they're one of the easiest people to fucking pick on. But you also have written a lot of music and, and done, performed a lot of music surrounding patriotism and Americana and different things. So, no, I feel like nobody in here probably understands that the marriage between music and, and messaging and unification better than you do. Can you just speak on that a little bit? Yeah, it's biblical, man. The um, musicians went out ahead of the uh, armies 
They did it in Israel. They did it. Uh, you see the bagpipes in Scotland. If you saw the longest day, you're like, who's coming across the bridge? Oh, there's the bagpipes. It's the spirit of, of anointing going ahead of the army. And so it's very powerful. And so when you have music, I mean, think of a movie, your favorite movie score, right? When you hear the Rocky theme, what happens, right? When you hear the Star Wars theme, there's something emotional that moves within your spirit. And so that's how people use it. But instead of most people giving glory to God, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I wrote that and uh, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm a millionaire and then I'm taking drugs because I'm confused and whatever. So um, that's what's happening now. And so people have music, but we grow up on music, whether it's Sinatra in the 40s, Elvis in the 50s, the hippies in the 60s and wherever we're at now, it's a powerful force. And so um, that's why I tried to do different eras of music. I'll probably do some Sinatra next, but I just don't want to ruin it too bad. But it's you use music from every culture. And I've shared this before. I shared on my show the other night where I'll do a Stone Temple Pilots or Alice in Chains. And the people that are like your age, Brendan, will be like, this is fucking lit. And the older people will be like, I don't know what that is. But then I'll do something for Butch Cassidy, the uh, some raindrops keep falling. And the older people are like, oh, I love that song because in the 70s, I went to the drive-in and, and the younger people are like, I don't even know what the fuck that is. So it's knowing the culture. And it gets back to what you talked about, Brendan, when we did our American Late Night. It's sitting on the couch or sitting in your garage and having a beer and connecting um, with your neighbor. And this is what we're doing. And so... When we do this pivot from meatball, I'll be happy when it's done. It looks like it's moving a lot faster than we thought, but I can't wait. You had talked about this before about the pivot of, oh, Joe Biden's old, Joe Biden's this. That's not our strategy. And you can see the shitting of the pants from Rick Wilson and Frank Luntz. I mean, never has a guy kicked himself in the dick more than Frank Luntz today. It's like, dude, you just told everybody how out of touch you are. You thinking you're going to dunk on us and it boomeranged on your whole, your whole friggin' life, right? You're a pollster. You're supposed to be in touch with people and you don't know shit, you know? So moving on, I'll, I'll end it here that um, we're going to pivot to Americana. What's great about America? What's wonderful about America? Why are the American spirit, whether it's country music or rock and roll or the spirit of rebellion, we are the American revolutionaries 2.0. So the God-fearing American patriot cannot be stopped. And we're realizing it and we're seeing it today and we're seeing it every day. People are sick of politicians. Meatball's just a fucking politician. That's all he is and his wife's a mess. People want authenticity. Trump's seen it all. He's done it all. He's had the hottest chicks. He's got more money than he needs to. He doesn't need this, and he's doing it. And the people that still don't get it, that's fine. But there's an awakening happening, an actual awakening, and I'm just so happy to be a part of it uh, with you you and my friends. The funny part about Frank Luntz is it's like two months ago he was on Piers Morgan bawling his freaking eyes out about like, oh, America's a laughing stock and, you know, that uh, Trump being mired in all these scandals is 
you know, is tearing the, you know, the country apart. And yeah, this guy fucking hates America. And he goes on a British talk show to cry about it, you know, and, and, and bemoan Trump because he's got such high levels of TDS because Trump ruined his career. This is a man that on election night said, stated that Hillary Clinton was going to be the president of the United States. And then a couple hours later had to turn on a dime and post, you know, the opposite, like, Oh, oops, just kidding. Ha ha. You know, he is single-handedly dragging down the, you know, like any type of credibility that pollsters have ever had and have just shown them for the fraud and snake oil salesmen that they are. Most, there, there's some good pollsters out there. Unfortunately, the good ones are the ones that get ignored because they don't tell you what you want to hear or don't, they don't tell, you know, the mainstream media what they want to hear. So they immediately get discounted and written off. And and they're even doing it. Like, you know, you look at like somebody like Rich Barris, who it was right about just about every point you know, on, on the last couple of elections. And, you know, he's trying to sh tell the DeSantis team, look, this is where you're going wrong. And they immediately start attacking him. They dig up his past and they post it and all this shit just to try to discredit this guy because he's not saying what they want to hear. And instead of taking the information and, and, and acting on it, okay, you want to see a change, Frank Luntz? Okay, then, then start informing the other side what they need to do. Don't go on Piers Morgan and cry your eyeballs out about how much you hate America now because of Trump. It's a really good point, dude. And, and Trev, you just you hammered it home too. Mike, also, thank you for your, your thoughts and, and, and obviously your passion around your music and explaining it because I think people really appreciate that. And it, and it shows how much you love uh, America and, and just how much you are, are dedicated to uh, restoring it. But you both make great points. But Trev, you made a great point. I mean, Frank Luntz is supposed to be a pollster. Like this guy has raked in millions over the years and his entire function as a adult, as an adult, is to inform other adults of which way the public is leaning on candidates. And this guy, like even Mike had said, posts this meme and he's expecting this massive blowback of fear and like, oh my God, and denouncing. And instead he gets absolutely bodied. He, he, he puts something out that goes from, you know, Lauren was doing really good with it. I think I had, she had like 500 retweets. I got another 300 retweets on it this morning. You know, it had like 60 or 70,000 views and Frank Luntz turns that thing into a fucking, what's going to be about a 10 million view monster by tomorrow morning. And he doesn't even, he's not even aware of what he's just done because he's that out of touch with regular people. And all of them are, to be honest with you, <clears throat> even, <clears throat> excuse me, even team DeSantis, this is what they were failing at. You had a bunch of elitist quote unquote influencers. These aren't cool people. These aren't people that you're going to break bread with or who will reply to you in your, in your DMS and in chit chat and be normal with you. These are fucking weirdos. These are people that we all like everybody who's been around this game for a while already knew those are some of the most self-important pricks in all of political quote influence. And you hired all of the most unlikable, unrelatable out to lunch fucking people to run and be a part of your campaign. And, and even worse, to represent your name. Like that's where he really fucked up. See, you can hire an asshole depending on the job they do. You can hire a fucking asshole as a policy wonk because that guy, and, I, and the best example I can give you, and I love him is, is Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller is not who you want 
speaking to Joe Blow average American every day because that's not his game. He's a policy guy. He's a genius that way. And you put him in front of people to debate policy, and he's a fucking asshole, and it works, okay? And it works. You don't take someone like that and put him in front of winning over hearts and minds of moms and farmers. But Team DeSantis took a bunch of elitist cunts and said, you're going to represent this guy who we're about to tell everybody is blue collar. We're going to try and pass him off as an everyday comeback, you know, story and a guy that, you know, has won every election he's entered and, wow, and we're going to make him wear fucking fishing shirts with a cape in the back and we're going to put a stupid name on him and you're going to you're going to try and sell him as a normal person with a bunch of fucking martini sipping elitist cunts from fucking West Palm or, or, or Miami or wherever the fuck these people are living. And that's who you're going to try to use to represent him to a normal American struggling at a manufacturing job in Ohio. I mean, this is a stupid campaign top to bottom. Okay. That is where, and, and you go back to Frank Luntz that he doesn't even understand why he's not accurate anymore. What has happened is the paradigm shifted and the internet accelerated it. When the internet started accelerating the culture, the culture surpassed the people who had been leading it previously, and they didn't know it. And I'll tell you what didn't help. COVID. COVID made Americans, fucking huge amounts of Americans, depressed. And so all these people stayed at home and were bummed out and didn't have shit to do. And then they came out of COVID, and they were told to take a fucking death jab. They were told, in many cases, required to either take the jab or lose their jobs. Talk about in a shitty, depressed existence. Okay, it wasn't bad enough being locked in your house. It wasn't bad enough watching the Democrats steal an election. It wasn't bad enough watching this whole thing unfold. But now, on top of all of that fucking shit, and watching my loved ones get murdered with remdesivir, on top of all of that, you're now going to also force me to take the experimental drug or I lose my, my fucking livelihood. And then... And then, if they were forced into it, they had to then watch as viral videos were dropping every single day and still are of people dropping fucking dead and having heart attacks from the shit that they were forced to take. So now, if you haven't had any negative effects from the COVID vax, you're scared shitless every time you open Twitter and see a video of somebody fucking dropping like a fly. So now you're living your whole existence through this entire paradigm of fear. It's essentially just... I've been, it's been a rough three and a half years. It doesn't matter how much money I make or what I'm doing in my life. It seems like everything is really dark and scary and yada, yada, yada. And then along comes these people who add American culture and buoyancy back into your life via video and music and culture and cheesy 80s theme stuff. Trev, you and I constantly are talking about we want more retro stuff. I'm like, Trev, make it more retro. He's like, okay, 80s? I'm like, yeah. Or we're talking about like we got a latest design that we're going to put out our shirt. Yeah, it looks like something you'd see on a Nintendo box from the 80s on one of the game cartridges. It's awesome. But the whole point is this country used to be great and not just great as a powerful nation and not just great as a manufacturing uh, leader and not just great for innovation. We had an awesome fucking culture, man. We had the coolest culture. We had diversity of music. We had diversity of thought. We had all these different subgroups and subcategories of brilliance in this country. We had the best cinema and the best movies and the best 
fucking stand-up comedians. It all came from America and American culture. And that culture has been lost for a number of years. And all we're doing is taking all of the shit that they have went, they have worked day and night to remove from the American like thought. And we're putting it back in their face and reminding them whether it's through theme music that's from their favorite 80s television show or like Miguelifornia does, taking their favorite hits from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, and then rebranding it for something else. But but what it does is it pulls them back towards a time when America not just was like a powerhouse, but was actually a fun place to live. And I think that's part of the the effectiveness of it. And and uh, Trev, I want to ask you something real quick. When you, because one of the things I know you've been around the culture at a really like very close level, right? Like I know you, you, your background as a, a creator and and uh, as somebody who's done voice work and done a lot of stuff. And you're you're just sort of like you're very up on all of your pop culture. Are you like me? And, and I think a lot of people right now that you look around and you go. What what is the culture right now? Like, really, if you look, I mean, for me, I look at it feels like the culture stopped creating about 2017, 2018. It feels like it started pulling the e-brake on on, you know, maybe it was around cancel culture time period. It started popping up for you because I know you're a guy that tracks this shit. When, when was it for you that you noticed, oh, we might have a problem? Because I can't even name like one top 40 music song right now. Like, I don't know. Uh, 2018. I mean, it depends on which aspect of the culture you're talking about, though. There's there's always been kind of like, you know, nerd culture and stuff like that that's been out there. And that kind of went woke and stuff after uh, uh, Gamergate and things like that. But, you know, you look at like music culture and stuff. I mean, there's still there's still pockets of it out there. There's uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of crap, but there's still some there's still some good things out there that, you know, have have tried to to push through. Um but you know as far as like like online creators and things like that shows stuff to watch people trying to bring culture back to some degree um you know i don't agree with a lot of what tim pool has you know to say or, or what he represents but there is a fair push by him and his group to put some kind of a like a normal non-political culture back into the world where people you know he's trying to give space to people that create things that, uh, you know, he's, he's behind the scenes, he's funding, you know, uh, pushes for like, uh, you know, like cultural exploits and stuff like that. You know, he was really pushing the whole public square thing, um, and, and had them on the show and stuff like that to talk about the product and, and, and actually actively advertises his businesses on it and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, he buys his own dog food when it comes to that as well. Um, you know, and so he's got, you know, he's trying to open up these like sort of like these, you know, like branches of like coffee shops where people can come in and hang out and they've got, you know, like the sound of freedom playing on the TV and stuff in there and, and stuff like that. He's really trying to push that. And that's one aspect I can kind of get behind with him. There's another group of people, uh, you know, geeks and gamers, they're, they're a group, they've got their own comic books and stuff. Like Eric July, he's got you know, this whole like non-woke comic books and he's bringing all these into, they, they, they just landed a big artist that was publishing for Marvel and DC and stuff. He used to draw for them and stuff and has now moved over and is uh, working at Air July. So that's a big win there for them. Uh, and, you know, they've got people that are writing kids books that are not woke and that, you know, kind of go back to some of these old school, uh, like 
you know, books that we read when we were kids and stuff like that, that got into history and brought history into it and stuff like that. So there's a lot of this independent stuff. There's pockets of it and they're small and they're starting to kind of break through a little bit and are really positioning themselves so that when we do break and, and we will, when we do break on the right side of history, eventually they'll be in a position to usher all this stuff in. They're going to be ready to go out of the gate. So there's a lot out there. It's just, it's, it's kind of being suppressed by the mainstream culture right now. It's a really, really good point, Trev. And Mike, I'm going to go to you on this next one. Cause I think it's kind of up your alley, but you know, I'm going to go back to the video. Cause this is kind of where we started the show tonight. And we got this meme that's going viral. We have this this moment now where Piers Morgan is hosting Frank Luntz debating Pastor Mark Burns. Now, Pastor Mark Burns is an a is a official Trump surrogate. Okay, he is out there when they need someone to represent Team Trump. Pastor Mark Burns is on the front lines. This is what he does. Okay, and he, he was at he was at Bedminster. Yes, and I, I met him at South Carolina at the event. And he was wonderful man. Very very kind person. Here's what I wanted to point out to you, Mike, because and this is I, I feel like it speaks volumes and it, it ties in with what I just was asking Trevor. Woke culture and cancel culture was accelerated by weak conservatives who kept apologizing and kept a denouncing and they were canceling their own people around them. Oh, I wouldn't listen to that. Oh, I don't know that guy or girl. I don't want anything to do. And so what happens tonight? This is our first big test with Team Trump. Look, I understand the Dilly Meme team, the uh, Trump's online war machine, we put out stuff that's super controversial, aggressive, hilarious, completely inappropriate. This is the moment where the rubber meets the road. Team Trump is asked point blank, essentially, that what they're trying to do is apply pressure from Piers Morgan and Frank Luntz to get Pastor Mark Burns to disavow the video. That's what they were aiming for. That was the whole fucking point of this was pressure him into feeling shame about this video and what's in it. And instead, and this is where I wanted to get your thoughts on it, Mike, Pastor Mark Burns crushed both of those pussies right there on his own show. He fucking absolutely handed them their ass, did not apologize, and the clip from the show that it's a minute long is the one that's going mega viral, and now Frank Luntz is, is trending because of it. Mike, tell me what you feel like. What does that make you feel as somebody who's witnessed where previously we now I'm not necessarily saying Team Trump, but we've witnessed conservatives be pressed about other conservatives and we've watched them turtle. What is it like as as a MAGA person and as obviously one of the creators? How does that make you feel when you see Team Trump go into the mat for the fucking little guy? Well, here, this was a dissentist plan here, dude, because what they wanted him to do was condemn it. And then they could take that clip and go, oh, Trump, you need to get your people in line, bro. This pastor said, blah, blah, blah. And so thank God for Pastor Burns. I already loved him, but now I really love him. And he was like, nope. Because when you were asking that question, it's not only uh, conservatives, it's church leaders. It's the church, whether it's Catholic, Protestant, whatever, they become pussies. And so that's why a, an a-hole like me is doing a Bible study in the morning. It's like people have nowhere to go, man, especially with COVID. And there's all this compromise, compromise, compromise. You know, we had McCain and we had Romney and we really believed in him. Looking back, it's like, what the hell, right? So they wanted him to bend the knee. 
and Pastor Burns did not bend the knee. And what it, you knew it was, and this is how you know it was a DeSantis thing, because he goes, hey, man, what about that homophobic video and that Nazi video? And Piers Morgan literally did the, uh, with the, like they did to the Caviezel the other day. He's all, we're not talking about DeSantis. Okay, uh, thank you. Last word, Luntz. And Luntz goes into his pouty, oh, so, you know, it's like, dude, it, Pastor Burns could have could have folded. But you know what? He's a warrior, dude. So God bless him. And I'm going to give him a hug when I see him. Amen, dude. And I just want to correct you on one thing. He he uh he didn't say homophobic. It was actually better than that, Mike. He said homoerotic, bro. Homoerotic. <laughs> he said homoerotic, which was like a million times funnier. Um, no, I mean you Mike, you're absolutely right. They thought that they would get this man to say, you know what? Neither side should be putting out videos like this. We need a better, more civil. And you know what he did? He said, no. This is what happens when you have grassroots people. And this is what he, Pastor Mark Burns said. This proves that Donald Trump's grassroots love him. They don't need to be instructed to create these kind of videos. They don't need to be told. They don't even need to be guided. They know exactly what they're doing. And they love President Trump. And this is how they feel. And they're putting out content. And it's the correct answer, by the way. That is the only answer. And the reason that they were so butthurt about it is that there's nobody doing these videos for Team DeSantis except for a fucking guy that was putting out pro-Nazi shit that got shit-canned today, by the way. He got fired uh, after he put out his little fucking Nazi video and then and then tried to pretend that someone else created it, which was really funny. Uh, but, but, Trev, going <clears> – <throat> same question to you. You know, what we are just discussing with Mike. When you see a Pastor Mark Burns – Go to the because that's essentially him. Stand, you know, he's sitting on TV. He is taking arrows for really us, you, me, not just MAGA, but quite literally the Dilly Meme team. And he's taking arrows and defending our rights to create content, pro-Trump content, and and also content uh, through the eyes of normal Americans. What we see is happening in the world doesn't mean it's right. It just means this is what we witness. This is what we're feeling. How does that make you feel, man? Is this a big to, – to you, does this feel like a, a big change in sort of the, the messaging going forward as, as Republicans and certainly as, as Trump supporters? It's a huge change. I mean, I remember, um, you know, not too long ago, a few years ago, they had that um, uh, the Amp Fest in, uh, down in Mar-a-Lago, and they kind of set up like a like a meme room where they were running different meme videos on a uh, on TVs and stuff in there um and it was just like this little it wasn't like an official thing it was just like this little off thing and they were they were featuring some of the creators contents and stuff like that and one of the one of the memers made a meme that was based on the kingsman that scene where he fights him in the church and stuff like that and it's all like the heads are replaced with like that was different... soul memes that was soul no 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 that was uh it was, different oh, one gosh i thought yeah, soul made it... that Sold did no, that one too, though, didn't she? I don't know if she may have worked on it, but I, I can't. His name eludes me right now, and I can't, and it bothers me that I can't. Remember Sorry, it, so you I know we're usually good out. about that. <laughs> but anyway, he, uh, he, he, he. They put, they had it on the screen in there, and one of the reporters went in there, and they like recorded it off the screen and made this 
big gigantic stink about it and all this other stuff and uh effectively like mar-a-lago and and trump jr had to kind of denounce it and i mean they kind of did it you know just like yeah well i mean it wasn't even an official like, part of the event you know you guys are making a big deal out of nothing that was just some you know uh you know community creator that made that that's not an official thing of it they kind of denounced it just kind of like separated themselves from it i mean it, it which is complete 180 from what you know, the pastor did tonight, which was like, no, we own this. This is, this is what the people, this is what the people feel. You know, this is, this is an inside look at like, this is what we're seeing every single day. This is, you know, an expression of our attitudes towards the stuff that we see going on and uh, you know, and, and, and it's representative. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's a huge change from that. You know what, Trev, I actually remember that. Thank you for bringing that up, dude. That's a really, really good point. I mean, that's a great example of where <clears> – <throat> and the thing is, you know what the mistake was with conservatives? We are generally polite people. And so when someone comes to you and goes, oh, my God, this is awful. This really is – like, look what's going on in this video. It's horrible. It's very – you know, look at the violence. It's not that we necessarily agree with people, but sometimes – or previously, not now, but previously – the old way of handling them was like, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I guess I could see how that'd be a little bit offensive. You know, let me see what I can do to straighten it. And it wasn't really trying to be a pussy. You're just trying to be friendly, mostly. I mean, honestly, that's how a lot of conservatives viewed it. A lot of people are just like, oh, oh yeah, you know what? Let, let me see what we can do. Let's make this a little. Well, that doesn't work because when you're dealing with Marxists, they, they smell blood in the water when you do that. The second you start backing off on something, especially artistically, it's, I mean, of, of all fucking people that have shit libs, trying to to take moral high ground on us regarding art are you kidding me am i the only one that remembers them fucking uh that a young that woman that they celebrated at harvard with all the fucking condoms that she had hung in her dorm room and that was her her entire art fucking project was like nothing but used rubbers from dudes she banged and then the left was like this is beautiful this is so expressive and it's like dude no she's a whore like but fucking, you got to have it though, did you? That was your art form, was her and the used rubbers. And now we got a fucking meme where we've put together some things that we think is happening, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, it's the end of culture. Give me a fucking break. The bottom line is, we all had to learn the hard way. Never apologize to these fucking people because they're not arguing in good faith. They're not legitimately outraged or offended. They're just trying to get you to stop fucking pushing the truth. That's all it's about, right? And so now. This is what is invigorating is seeing somebody in official capacity who has every like there there he's not going to his life. OK, this I'm talking about Pastor Mark Burns. His life will not be easier tomorrow morning for having defended us in our creation and, and, and certainly Lauren Eve and, and MAGA Devil Dog and Bad Karma's video. OK, his life's not going to be easier tomorrow, but it will be better because he did the right thing. You know what? These are our people. They love us. This is how they feel. And I don't, I, I'm not here to judge what they are putting out. This is what they put out, and you guys grabbed it, and I can understand their sentiment. That's the end of the conversation. And he's absolutely correct. And, and it's really ironic because the left used this argument accurately, too, by the way, in the mid-'90s. I was, a, I was born in 1982. I, I'm a 90s kid, essentially. I grew up when hip hop was starting to take off, like really take off to the moon. And it was all gangster rap all the time. And I'm from California. And I will never forget that you had conservatives back then attempting to cancel hip hop 
for the lyrics in the music while ignoring the fact that the only reason the lyrics existed in the music is because it represented the experience of the people making the fucking music. So the reason they were rapping about it was because they were living the shit. And this was how they were coping with the experience. And it's ironic to see that back then when Republicans were like, oh, yeah, these black people talking about gang violence need to stop making music out of it. And now here we are 25 years, 30 years later. And it's like, oh, shit, these memers are creating memes about the experience they're living through in America. And now it's the left trying to fucking cancel us for the exact same reason, which proves I think probably in the most obvious way, Republicans and conservatives are the future culture of America. The left is no longer driving culture. The left doesn't even create culture at this point. They are the old ver- – th- that shit is gone. Those people are now firmly establishment. They're fucking lame. That's why the left can't make memes because they don't have any kind of a grip on culture anymore. And it's, it's uh, really something to see. Um, Mike, when you look at the the music scene, I know that you're obviously – I'm not going to ask you about today's music scene because that would be stupid because there isn't really one. I mean other than underground like Trev was talking about. Um, but as we go into this this sort of election cycle, it feels like this is as much of a a sort of like referendum not on just capitalism – and uh, a, a fucking rep- uh, you know constitutional republic, but it is as much a a referendum on American culture as a whole. Like it feels like this is this ha- we have an opportunity not just to take back law and order and a lot of this stuff and drain the swamp and all that other stuff, but it feels like we actually might have a shot at turning our country around culturally to the point that we actually start creating culture again, like new stuff, new music new movies, new shows, um, because there's a whole generation of young people that, and that's who ultimately is going to, it's going to come from. It's going to come from these youthful people, these young people who essentially are going, I don't want to be a fucking lame. And the lames are all Democrats right now. I know you have grandkids, you've got kids. What are you seeing right now from the youth, man? Do you feel like there's going to be hope for the future with these people? Uh, 100%. I believe um, on this retribution tour of Trump. And that's why we're working so hard because we want to save not only America, we want to save the earth from the globalists. So I am convinced, and Rihanna will probably, as a painter, as an artist, I am looking for a, a new American renaissance of new art and new music that comes through the freedom of expression and the destruction of um, cancel, whatever it is. I mean, there's so many people that write lyrics now and, and write a lot. Oh, well, uh, I got to clear this with a record company or I got to do this. Where are the rock and rollers, man? The spirit of rock and roll. And I've shared that before. It's like the, the Woodstock generation was like, fuck Nixon and Vietnam and let's, you know, and um, now they're all embracing um, Democrats. And so uh, the rock and roll scene has died and um, there's underground, of course, but I'm looking forward to a, a renaissance. You know, it just came to me as you were talking, but that renaissance of of art and expression and um, a, a new generation of American revolutionaries, because when we win this battle and we will, it's going to be a gigantic marker, just like we're going to have the, the, the anniversary of America coming up the uh, 
250 or whatever. But so it's it's a beautiful thing. And I, I'm I'm excited about it. So everyone's like, well, we didn't fix voting or we did that. Dude, don't be a listen, everybody. Don't be a fucking Eeyore, right? A fucking black cloud. Oh, you know, all oh, the sky's fall. No, we don't have time for that. If you're going to do it, just shut up. Get out of the way. Because me and my family, we're going to follow God and we're going to fight for America. And we're going to do it until we're dead. We're going to put the pedal down and we're going to empty the fucking tank every day. And so you guys are, and retweeting our stuff, we celebrate with you. I celebrate with Lauren Eve. I told her years ago, you're going to go to next level. And this is not even the next level yet. And so we create stuff because it comes from a, a heart of thanksgiving. We're thankful for our parents, our grandparents, our children, our, 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 our veterans. We're, we have a heart of thanks. And when you start there, everything else follows. And so I love what's happening. And it's, uh, I don't know, I'm overjoyed. I can talk for five hours on it. Yeah, you're absolutely correct, dude. And I think a lot of people can feel that vibe. And by the way, if you're anybody, if you're someone in here right now and you have a concern, right? You go, Dilly, Mike, hold on. I'm scared about, as soon as you, and I'm just going to give you guys a little exercise. As soon as you fucking feel the, the experience of fear inside your chest or the fearful thought enters your mind, take action. It's not rocket science. It's literally, it's literally a reflex. Anytime I fear something, whatever the fuck it is, I take action. If I start to think I'm running low on money, I take action. I'm like, okay, what can I do to generate money? I don't ever dwell in the fear. There's no fucking point. So if you're worried about election fraud, don't you dare bring it to my attention. Shut the fuck up, and you better be taking a – like as soon as you start to feel that twinge of fear going up your spine, your bitch ass better be on the phone to the local fucking GOP office figuring out how you can be a part of you know keeping the election integrity in your local – district or your local you know voting booth or whatever dude you better be I, that is not my fucking problem you being a puss and not knowing how to deal with your fear is your issue so it's the best way to manage fear in any sort of thing you got a fear of telling somebody how you feel fucking go tell them how you feel get it over with fear is is like that's a that's a fucking midwit game i don't play the fear game and none of you should either like that's not how you win Winning comes from a place of action. It's constant, nonstop fucking action. And this is what's happening right now is we have momentum like nobody can imagine because nobody ever stops taking action every single day. You've got people who are filled with, with nothing but love and joy for what they're trying to do. And then they, they are taking that and they're turning it into a tangible end result, which is the action, whether it's memes or music or doing shows or getting out and actually being an activist in their own communities. But ultimately... That's the only thing that matters. It's who is on the fucking ground doing and creating and who's the guy fucking crying about what's not being done behind the scenes. That person's useless. The only thing you're fucking good for when you cry and you're scared, you're only good for one thing. On election day, you get one vote. That's all you are. But had you done what you needed to do, you could have turned yourself into about 100 votes had you been taking action. How many votes are you worth if you sit on your ass and just cry about shit? You're only worth your own vote. And some cunt liberal across the street's going to fucking offset your vote anyway. And now your vote doesn't matter. The only time your vote really fucking matters is when you get active enough to turn your one vote into 50 or 100 or 200 votes. Now, all of a sudden, you can't get fucking negated. And that's the that's the real game. But um, anyway, outside of politics, I guess it's not really outside of politics. And we don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to talk about it. We have a fucking murder. A whodunit, if you will. Maybe it's not a murder. They're not calling it a murder. They're calling it an accident. I am calling it a murder because I know better. 
Barack Hussein Obama and his husband, Michelle, had a body wash up in their pond. Guy was allegedly drowned in eight feet of fucking of water in a pond. Now, I want to ask a couple of questions here. Reasonable questions. Trevor, this man was allegedly paddle boarding in a fucking pond. Trevor, I've never I've never paddle boarded in a pond. I've paddle boarded once in an inlet. Uh, in Jupiter, Florida, where I wasn't supposed to be, and me and my wife almost got run over by boats, but I've never done it in a fucking pond, and it sounds incredibly gay and boring. Trev, have you ever paddleboarded in a pond? Uh, no, I've never paddled. I've paddled. Now, to be fair, I have paddleboarded in a pool to learn how to not flip the boat over, like in a kayak. Um, you know, I've I've done that in the pool so I could learn to how like how to balance, but. Uh, yeah, no, going out to a pond to go and kayak or paddleboard. Yeah, no, I, I don't see that happening. Okay, so then we agree they murdered this guy because he saw Michelle Obama's dick, yes? 100%. Okay, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Just so we all have the same exact conspiracy theory here. We all agree that this guy saw Big Mike's penis when he was taking a leak, and next thing you know, Big Mike drowned him in their fucking pond like an asshole, Okay. Mike, that's my official story. California, do you feel like there's more to this, or am I really, like, did I just knock this out of the park right here? Did I just Columbo the shit out of this? Um, yeah, you ended that segment really quick, bro. Dang. Well, you know, I just want to get to the point. I don't like I don't like having to drag people on and on on an obvious story. I mean, I, right. we all saw it. We all went, oh, dead body at Obama's house right. in the pond. Somebody saw Big Mike's dick. Yeah. Hog's like, thanks, man. News. Let's go. Keep moving. <laughs> What's the next story on your sheet? You're like, uh, good night, everybody. No. Yeah, I think, uh, I think he, uh, yeah. It's like, I feel bad for the guy's family, but dude, you were working for them. You knew what was going on. So I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, is that the most scariest thing ever? Like, it's one thing. Imagine if your boss is the Obamas, though, seriously. Like, I mean, okay, aside from the Clintons, which is scary enough. But imagine you work for the Obamas and you know there's only one thing that could probably end your life prematurely. And it's, God forbid, you walk in the bathroom when Michelle's in it, right? Like for most of us, that's just an embarrassing experience. Oh, sorry, I should have knocked. Whoopsie, my bad. But dude, that one, that's different. Your whole shit might come crashing down. Your whole, everything gets erased because you walk in, he's standing there, balls out. Oh my God, there's a wiener. You're the first lady. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what this guy saw. And it's horrible because he's got a wife and kids and... And, you know, initial stories were, oh, he does not a swim. But then there's videos out there of him. He, he learned how to swim. He's a good swimmer. Nobody drowns an eight-feet fucking pond while paddleboarding. That's just the stupidest shit I've ever heard. And then the, what makes the story, and if I'm going to be honest, what makes the story even more suspect, dude, is initially the Obamas were like, we're not home. And the press was like, oh, yeah, they weren't there. And then they were like, okay, actually, the only reason he was there was because they were there. But they weren't technically in the house when he drowned. It's like, well, no, because Big Mike had his fucking head under the water. Like, Trev, do you find the constant media, uh, I guess, flip-flopping and changing of the story to be extremely suspect? Yeah. And, you know, let's also not forget that, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton lost her chef to the same day by drowning as well. So, I mean, I, I don't know if it's like, you know, drown your chef at work day or whatever, but you know, I, I, that, that's really weird. Oh, I think the Clinton one was 2015. She did have a, a oh, chef drowned. 
Yeah, I think it was 2015. But okay. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. I just know Democrats like to drown their personal chefs. That's all I know. Like, I'm not really certain on when. <laughs> well, I, I know our friend uh, Steve McGrew did a video as as Conspiracy Carl talking about it. So I don't, I don't know. It might be true. I don't know. It's just weird, you guys. You know, like, it's just like they tried to explain, like, if you guys saw the interview with Anthony Weiner the other day. Which, by the way, that guy's got to go down as the all-time one of the worst fucking names of a famous person ever, Anthony fucking Weiner. Anyway, Tony Anthony, Weiner. yeah, Tony Weiner, exactly. So Anthony fucking Weiner is out here a couple days ago, and he's screaming about. He's like, "There's no Clinton kill list," and you're like, "Dude, uh, you know, like, am I the only one that can go through his life?" And I've been a pretty popular guy, not Clinton popular, but I'm a pretty popular guy. Man, I never have had like, like fucking tons of people that I worked with or former employees. I'm just like, ah, oh, God, he died. Ah, another one. Like you, you might have that happen a couple of times. You're like, Oh, this guy I used to work with fucking died recently. The Clintons, you look at that list and it's all people that were pissed off at the Clintons and they all die. And then Anthony Weiner's out here. Like there's nothing to see here. It's the same thing. You look at the Obamas, you go, dude, that lady with the fucking Hawaii, the plane crash and like the birth certificate lady. And then there's video. She's fine floating in the water. The next thing you know, they're like, she's fucking dead. Like some of us don't forget shit like that. So she dies. And now here we are, you know, a decade later and we got the personal chef. You know, I I don't know, dude, I don't buy it. I mean, how much Secret Service has got to be crawling Martha's Vineyard already? I mean, Mike, any ideas on on the person? I know for a fact Obama has obviously Secret Service detail the rest of his life, which means I believe that's at least like six to eight guys full time in addition to any other security parameters. And it's just like the the Hunter Biden cocaine at the White House where it's like, you know, that they know exactly who put the coke down. There's no fucking way that Barack Obama's pond in the back doesn't have. 24 seven video surveillance. I mean, am I, am I kind of out to lunch on this, Mike, or do you think I'm being reasonable? No, nah, no, nah, of course they do. They probably saw right when he went down, what was happening. Um, that's their job. Right. So, um, I, I again, we're never going to know, bro. I mean, we don't know about the, we don't, we still don't know about the cocaine in the, in the white house, bro. We don't know. We're just going to keep hoping. Well, justice. and Epstein killed and Epstein killed himself too. Remember that? Right, the cameras. You know, you can't trust those cameras. No, don't believe your lying your your lying eyes. Right. All right, boys, we are out of time. Uh, this has been another edition of MAGA Weekly. Trev, any final thoughts you want to share with our wonderful listeners here tonight? Uh, no, just um, uh, you know, a quick reminder: we're not. I'm not having a, a meme TV on Saturday night. That's like the only thing going on. But thanks, guys, for you know all the support and stuff. Sorry, I've not been around this week. Just been super busy but uh I, I should be back at it again next week uh in full swing so we will cut you slack because of how hard you work trev it's okay although although you're not gonna be, you're not gonna continue to skip meme tv right like this is just the one time you're doing it just a, yeah it's just a one-time deal okay good all right yeah i know people really look forward to that so i want to make sure that they, we've got their meme tv coming back the following week okay mike any final thoughts for our wonderful listeners here of maga weekly yeah i just want to say thanks to everybody and keep your head up because uh you know, they were laughing at Brendan and us back in January when we said um, we're going to meme you into oblivion and we're seeing it full circle. What Brett Bear literally said, is he going to make it till Monday? It's like, what? Friday, it's the Iowa State Fair. Everybody's doing, you know, all this stuff. Is he going to make it? Well, there's this um, snowball 
effect happening. You can see it between the videos, between the donors, between all that. It's it's a beautiful thing. And so you guys played a major part of it. History is going to try to say, oh, Rob was just a fuck up, which is true. But you guys played a huge part in it. And I want you to know that as we pivot to the Americana part, you guys play a huge role. And I want you, I want you to know that. And I want to thank you for it. And when Trump said, oh, the best is yet to come. And, and you're going to say, oh, please, Mr. President, we're winning too much. Please stop. And I'm going to say no. Well, this is just a little foretaste tonight. Lauren Eve and, and uh, Bad Karma and, and Maga Devil Dog, we work together as a unit and you guys share stuff out as a unit. So it's a team victory. And so when you lay your head down and you see more articles that we post tomorrow, I want you to be happy about it and celebrate it, that you played a major part in it. And this is just like the appetizer. This is just warm up for the Taking Back America. We had to we had to clear the weeds a little bit with meatballs. So we got big things coming and it's an honor to be a part of it. So we love you guys. Amen, brother. And also, I'd like to remind them that what you did this afternoon uh, would have cost Team DeSantis or any other uh, campaign or politician probably about $20 million worth of, you know, advertising to push. I mean, that's, that's the reality. What, what you did for free uh, is going to end up, you know, I mean, you essentially just put out an ad that is going to have about, it would have been about a 10 to $20 million ad spend to reach that many people. So congratulations. You're all badasses. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here on MAGA weekly. I am your host, author, Brendan Dilly. Those are my co-hosts. California and Magical Trevor. You can follow both of them on Twitter. You can find them. They also both do shows. Trev doing, uh, he does his meme TV every week. And then California does his morning uh, Bible study uh, on his Twitter page. So you can find all of that on their Twitter pages, respectively. But uh, we'll be back next Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time for another episode of MAGA Weekly. I will be back tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern on The Dilly Show. God bless you. God bless America. And God bless our president, Donald J. Trump. I am author Brendan Dilly, and I'll see all of you tomorrow. See you guys.